white potatoes are one of those gray area foods when it comes to thyroid healthy eating. Are they just empty calories that are gonna send our blood sugar into the stratosphere? Or do they actually have some nutritional heft? What's up with spuds? Should we be eating more of them, less of them, or none of them? These are the questions we're going to explore today. Hello, thyroid drivers. Welcome back to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites, a weekly podcast dedicated to helping you live well and eat well so you can feel well. I'm Ginny Mahar, your host and the face behind the apron at hypothyroidchef.com. All right, before we dive in, Thanksgiving is coming and I just wanna take a moment to say thank you. I appreciate you, I appreciate your attention, your support, I appreciate you watching the show, leaving reviews, I appreciate your comments and your emails, and most of all, your curiosity and commitment to thyroid healthy living. So whether you're watching Thyroid Healthy Bites on YouTube or on my website, hypothyroidchef.com, or maybe you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or Google Podcasts. Thank you for everything. I truly believe that we thrive best when we walk this healing path together. And I just wanna say that I'm honored to share this path with you as thyroid thrivers. So thank you. All right, on last week's show, I showed you how to make my ultimate dairy-free mashed potatoes and gravy, the most quintessential Thanksgiving staple there is. And I heard from some of you after who either can't tolerate white potatoes or aren't sure if you should or shouldn't be eating them because of various things we hear about potatoes and nutrition and inflammation. Um, they Things like they spike your blood sugar, they cause inflammation, they lead to weight gain because they're you know, just another white starch. Potatoes are kind of like the Hooper Humperdinck of a lot of common whole foods based dietary templates like paleo and Whole30. They weren't invited to the party, but now they are. I mean, does anybody else remember that book? But then, you know, for true elimination diets like the autoimmune protocol or the elimination provocation diet, white potatoes are a no-go. Why is that? So that's what we're gonna cover on today's show. We're going to bust those myths around white potatoes. We're going to look at their nutrition, the good, the bad, the ugly, all the facts around white potatoes, and we're gonna help you explore whether or not they might be right or wrong for your thyroid healthy diet. First, I wanna let you know that if you're feeling confused about what foods you should or shouldn't be eating as a thyroid patient, trust me, you are not the only one. Um, this is why I created the Thyroid Drivers Grocery Guide. This is a free one-page download that features over 130 delicious, nutritious, and colorful foods we can eat. Obviously, there is no one single thyroid healthy diet, so you can tweak this list as it pertains to you and your current dietary needs and goals and sensitivities. Um, but you can download that. There's a link in the show notes or you can grab it at hypothyroidchef.com slash grocery. Okay, so potatoes have gotten a pretty bad rap in the diet world, but the tides are sort of turning on this because there is so much nutrition in potatoes. They have a lot of micronutrients, they have a lot of fiber, 
They're a natural source of iodine. They contain gut-supporting resistant starch and other you know, positives that we'll get into later. But what a lot of health experts are really trying to emphasize now is that it isn't so much the potatoes, it's what we do to them that becomes unhealthy. What are the vast majority of potatoes consumed as? French fries, potato chips, and things like that. And those kinds of potatoes do become unhealthy because of what we do to them. Namely, we're frying them in refined, highly inflammatory oils. Those oils are not good for us. And I can pretty much guarantee as a chef and restaurant worker that almost everywhere you go that's serving any kind of fried potato, it's going to be deep fried in things like refined peanut, canola, soybean oil, vegetable oil, etc. So we have to differentiate between just looking at the whole food potato that has been, you know, unadulterated or is just simply prepared or prepared with whole foods or healthy fats versus processed food potatoes that we buy like in a potato chip bag or at the fast food drive-through that have been turned into something unhealthy. So there is kind of a key difference there that we need to keep in mind. If you're curious to learn more about which oils and fats are healthy, you can check out my guide to healthy cooking fats and oils at hypothyroidchef.com fats. And this will help you decipher between which fats are healthy, which cooking methods are healthy and good for us to eat versus which are more detrimental to our health. Because I think this is a key factor with potatoes in particular. And potatoes, at least here in the US, they are a staple. They're comforting, they're filling, they're delicious. From a culinary standpoint, they make a wonderful canvas to add flavor to or to um, add heft to things like soups and stews. Uh, I love to put them underneath a, a chicken while I'm roasting it so it can just absorb all those delicious herbal and savory flavors and juices. I actually really enjoy cooking with and eating potatoes, but there are some pitfalls that I try to avoid. And of course, as always, I'm not here to tell you I do this, so this is what you should do, but I do try to share my personal experience with various foods just as a thyroid driver because I think it's helpful. So along those lines, I'm curious, we're all curious, what have you found works for you with potatoes? Do you eat them or don't you? If you're watching on YouTube, drop a comment for us so we can all share with each other and learn from one another's experiences. So let's look at potatoes specifically for thyroid drivers. Are white potatoes good for us as thyroid patients? You know, for thyroid drivers in general, the more nutrient density, the better. And in that pure, unadulterated form, potatoes are actually quite nutritious. Potatoes feature several key thyroid supporting nutrients like vitamin C, B6, they have more potassium than a banana, they contain magnesium, which is incredibly important for us as thyroid drivers. And as I mentioned, they're a natural source of iodine. When you look at all the nutrients in potatoes, for the caloric price tag, there's a pretty high nutrient to calorie ratio. So, 
in one baked potato, you're only getting about 160 calories. So it's one of those foods that really gives you a lot of bang for your caloric buck, nutritionally speaking. They do have a substantial amount of carbohydrates. There's 37 grams in one baked potato, very minimal amount of fat, minimal amount of sodium. They do contain four grams of dietary fiber. Again, we're talking about one baked potato here. And they do contain six grams of resistant starch. I mean, when we think of potatoes, we think of starch. We think of potato starch, right? That's what makes mashed potatoes so fluffy. And that resistant starch is something that's highly beneficial to anyone who's trying to eat for their overall health, but especially to us as thyroid thrivers because resistant starch is a highly fermentable form of fiber that um, goes into your digestive tract and it feeds beneficial bacteria. Now, some people have even started supplementing with resistant starch, and I recently learned through researching for this episode that one of my uh, nutritional research heroes, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, who's a research scientist, has covered resistant starch and how uh, supplementing resistant starch like potato starch is problematic and even detrimental to our health. So I want to add that for anyone out there who's heard, oh, resistant starch is good, I'm gonna start taking this as a supplement. This is one of those cases that highlights, you know, the power of just making good food choices for our health and how sometimes really just eating those whole foods is the ideal thing we can do for ourselves. So looking at the uh, vitamins and minerals in one baked potato, we've got 28% of the recommended daily allowance of vitamin C, 27% of the recommended daily allowance of B6, 26% for potassium, 19% for mang manganese, 12% for niacin, 12% for magnesium, 12% phosphorus, 12% folate, 10% copper, 10% iron, and 40% of the recommended daily value for iodine, which is a key thyroid supporting nutrient. Now, iodine is one of those finicky nutrients for thyroid thrivers because our body requires iodine to create thyroid hormone. But there is some disagreement now with new research and, and science coming out around iodine, especially for Hashimoto's patients, because we are exposed to so much iodine through other products and processed foods, even beauty products, that um, certain experts like Dr. Alan Christensen, if any of you follow him, feel that really what we need to do is reduce iodine in our diets. So if you're on a low iodine protocol, potatoes might not be the best choice for you. However, in general, just for, in terms of trying to eat a diet that has enough iodine but not too much, potatoes are a good source of that mineral. So yeah, that's a lot of nutrition in one little potato. And you know, as always, the choice of whether or not to eat potatoes depends on you and your current dietary requirements. What are your unique sensitivities? Because a lot of us respond differently to different foods. So what's right for me might not work for you and vice versa. So let's look at that. Are potatoes right for you? 
It depends on your current dietary requirements and goals. And so many of us are utilizing various healing diets in order to try and reduce our symptoms, reduce our antibodies, lower inflammation, and things like that. So I think the best place to start is looking at those different diets and which diets allow potatoes and which don't. And then we'll go from there into why certain diets don't allow potatoes and why others do. So if you're gluten-free, potatoes are naturally gluten-free, so that's not a concern. Um, some thyroid thrivers do report that they feel better and are more able to maintain a healthy weight on a low-carb diet like healthy keto. And unfortunately, that high carbohydrate content in potatoes does turn them into something that really can only be eaten in small amounts on those diets. Now, what if you're utilizing a healing protocol like Paleo or Whole30 or AIP? That's where things get a little tricky and opinions start to vary. So on Paleo and Whole30, potatoes initially were not allowed, but now they are, at least for Whole30, they're officially allowed, and for paleo, it's like most paleo proponents say, white potatoes are okay as long as you tolerate them okay. And that's mainly because of that high nutritional content and all the good things that potatoes have to offer that we just covered. It was in 2014 that Whole30 officially amended their rules to add the white potato back to their list of approved foods. The reason why is because of that high nutrient density. And also they echoed that it's not the potatoes themselves, but what we do to them and how much of them we eat that can get problematic. So that is a, another important point to cover here because potatoes are kind of like rice in that they're a gluten-free starch. They fill us up, they're comforting, they make that nice bed for things like stews or you know other things we might like to serve on top of potatoes, right? The trap that we can fall into is that we end up eating too many potatoes. Instead of eating you know, bread and bagels and all kinds of things created with wheat, we shift to maybe too much white rice and too much potatoes. So I think that's something that we do need to keep in mind and be aware of so that we're not overdoing it on this one food at the expense of other more colorful and even less starchy vegetables. They're not flat out officially approved, but there is a hot debate going on in the paleo world that has many paleo advocates leaning towards allowing some white potatoes back onto paleo plates. Again, we wanna eat them in their purest form, in clean preparations, and also not overdo it. For those of you who are utilizing the autoimmune protocol or autoimmune paleo, it's important to be aware that potatoes are not allowed on the elimination phase of the autoimmune protocol. And the reason why is that because potatoes are in the nightshade family. Long-term, really, they should be avoided for anyone who has a nightshade intolerance or sensitivity. Now, the autoimmune protocol does evolve into um, stages of reintroduction. When you're looking at potatoes, those are a phase three reintroduction if they're peeled. And then potatoes with skin are a phase 
for re reintroduction. And there is a reason for that because of this, you know, nightshade thing. We'll get into that here in just a minute. Why are nightshades a problem for some autoimmune thyroid patients? And this is the vast majority of us. Over 95% of us who have been diagnosed with hypothyroidism do in fact have Hashimoto's or autoimmune hypothyroidism. So what's the deal with nightshades and autoimmunity? Let's look at that. We've covered a lot of the bright side of white potatoes, so now we're gonna shift into kind of the darker side, right? White potatoes are, along with uh, vegetables like tomatoes, eggplant, and peppers in the nightshade family. And these foods are really healthy in many ways. So I wanna avoid, I always want to avoid putting foods into the bad pile or the good pile. But this is why nightshades can be problematic for some. They contain natural toxins that can cause inflammation and contribute to leaky gut. And the two primary toxins found in potatoes are glycoalkaloids and saponins. Let's pause and before you freak out, just keep in mind that there are a lot of vegetables that do contain naturally occurring chemicals that can be mildly toxic to humans, some more than others. And I don't mean to downplay this too much, but it's just important to remember that these foods, including white potatoes, tomatoes, yams, chickpeas, garlic, they all contain saponins and they're otherwise very healthy and not problematic for most people. There is a function to these naturally occurring chemicals in nightshade vegetables. And what they do is they provide a sort of natural pesticide and fungicide to the plant. So they're protective to the plant. But when they get problematic for humans, is when too much is consumed or when an individual has a health condition that involves inflammation and or leaky gut. And that does include a lot of us thyroid thrivers. So to put it simply, some of us are just more sensitive to those toxins than others. And whether or not potatoes are gonna be problematic for you specifically depends on how much you consume and what your current health status is. For example, those with arthritis might find that nightshade consumption leads to increased pain and inflammation. Another example, those of us with highly compromised gut health, severe leaky gut, severe dysbiosis, etc., might be more sensitive to nightshades. So it's important to pay attention to the feedback your body gives you from consuming potatoes. So if you feel like white potatoes or even nightshades altogether might be a problem for you, then this is still the gold standard for identifying dietary sensitivities, is you remove that food or group of foods from your diet for four to six weeks, and then you reintroduce it. And through that entire process during the elimination and reintroduction phase, you are carefully tracking and logging your symptoms so that you can really tune into that feedback your body's giving you that's telling you this food is right for me or this food is not right for me. That's really the purpose of that elimination phase of the autoimmune protocol or the elimination provocation diet is to give you that opportunity to take out potentially problematic foods and then systematically reintroduce them so that you can get to that, you know, 
ideal thyroid healthy diet, which is personalized to you and your unique needs and sensitivities. Now, if you feel like potatoes haven't been too much of a problem for me, I like to eat them and I'm going to eat them. I'm, I'm in that camp, I try not to overdo it, but I do enjoy potatoes and I like the flexibility of being able to eat some white potatoes. Now, for those of us in that camp, there are ways that we can avoid or reduce our exposure to those naturally occurring toxins in potatoes. So first, when you are shopping for potatoes, make sure you always look for really firm potatoes without sprouts. If they're spongy or if they have a lot of sprouts or if they have um, gotten a green tinge, you wanna throw them out. Those are all indications that there's going to be a higher amount of those problematic toxins in the potato. Once you bring your potatoes home from the store, you wanna be sure and store them in a cool, dry, and dark place. Personally, I find they last longer in the fridge than in the pantry, but storing them in the dark really is important because light exposure can increase that glycoalkaloid content. Again, that's one of the natural toxins found in potatoes. Another way to decrease the amount of those naturally occurring toxins found in potatoes is to peel the potatoes. Now, keep in mind, this is also going to reduce the amount of vitamins, minerals, and fiber you get from the potatoes. But that's also why on the autoimmune protocol, when you get to those reintroduction phases, peeled potatoes are stage three reintroduction and potatoes with skin are stage four. So if you can tolerate potatoes without the skin, then maybe you can go into trying them with the skin. Or if you think you might have a problem, but you're going to be eating some or you would like to eat some, that's something that you can try is peeling the potatoes in order to reduce those problematic natural chemicals. And finally, if you do eat potatoes, just be mindful of how much and how often you're consuming them. It can be easy to overdo it on spuds and fill your plate and your belly with them too often. And again, this comes at the expense of other colorful and less starchy veggies. So we wanna make sure we're eating the full rainbow, getting that full phytonutrient spectrum, not just filling our plates with too much white starch, even if it's gluten-free. Okay, let's talk about blood sugar and potatoes because this is one reason um, some diet books and things have put potatoes on the no-no list. They do have a rather high glycemic index and glycemic load. Now those are two metrics that have been used to indicate an increase in blood sugar correlated to certain foods. So a freshly baked potato is said to have a glycemic index of 111 and a glycemic load of 33. And if you know anything about those metrics, that is pretty high and it sounds bad in terms of blood sugar, but there are some really important caveats here to remember. First, the relevancy of just that whole glycemic index is really being called into question lately in the nutrition world because how our body responds to certain foods really varies a lot. And that can vary depending on a lot of things like our genes or what was the context of the meal? What did we serve it with? What was the macronutrient balance? Were there, was there protein served with this? Um, that's something that can change 
what happens in our bodies in terms of blood sugar. So that's just something to keep in mind, but it is something that's pretty pertinent to potatoes that have been kind of vilified by that glycemic index. So there's certain things, and this is what I learned again from Dr. Sarah Ballantyne, also known as the paleo mom, the research scientist, certain things we do to the potatoes can really lower that glycemic jolt we get from eating starchier foods like potatoes. So things like cooling the potato or preparing it with some fat, which we usually are gonna serve our potato with some kind of fat, or even an acidic ingredient like vinegar. Also, serving that starchy carb with some protein will help with any kind of impending blood sugar spike. Another factor is that naturally occurring resistant starch that we kind of touched on earlier. All of those can really bring that glycemic index number way, way down. All right, let's talk about one of the best things about white potatoes, which is that resistant starch. Potatoes are a really awesome natural source of resistant starch. And again, that's that highly fermentable, insoluble fiber that helps support a healthy gut flora. Supplementing with things like potato starch is not recommended by the experts that I look to for reliable science-based health information. But what is recommended is eating whole foods with resistant starch, and that includes white potatoes. It also includes a lot of other foods like root vegetables and bananas and sweet potatoes. So you don't have to eat white potatoes to get resistant starch, but if you do choose to eat white potatoes, that is one of the pros of doing so. So it's not just resistant starch, but really fiber in general that's very beneficial to our digestive health, to our overall health, and in particular, really helps feed a healthy microbiome, your good gut flora. And this supports your immunity. It also supports your blood sugar imbalance. So there's, you know, if there is a halo over white potatoes, that's it. It's the resistant starch. I think that's one of the best things that we can get from them as thyroid thrivers if white potatoes are right for us. What has my experience been with white potatoes? I have done uh, numerous rounds on the elimination phase of the autoimmune protocol diet, the longest one being six months. And while I've done that, I have eliminated white potatoes and I've gone through that process of elimination and then reintroduction. And white potatoes are not a food that I've really been able to correlate any noticeable symptoms from, like a noticeable increase in inflammation or bloating or digestive distress or anything like that. So I do choose to eat white potatoes. I try not to overdo it. I try to prepare them in a healthy way. Um, as with any kind of carbohydrate I consume, I almost always make a point to consume it with protein to prevent any kind of major blood sugar spike. And I feel good about it as something that um, promotes my gut health, provides a lot of nutrients, including some iodine, and also that just makes it a little bit easier for me to do things like put on a holiday meal, feed a family who loves potatoes, and things like that. It's something I appreciate 
the freedom of having in my thyroid healthy diet. I have met several other thyroid thrivers along the way who do not tolerate nightshades and what I usually hear from them is it makes my joints hurt, it increases inflammation for me to eat any kind of nightshades. So I've just eliminated those things like chilies and tomatoes and potatoes and eggplant and things like that. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Thyroid Healthy Bites. If you'd like to learn more about which foods are best for thyroid healthy eating, you can download my free thyroid healthy grocery guide at hypothyroidchef.com grocery, or I'll put a link down below in the show notes. And if you've enjoyed the show, please don't forget to like, subscribe, or leave a review. I'm Jenny Mahar, wishing you a safe and happy Thanksgiving and the best of health. See you next time.